a Taurus. Tauruses are stubborn as fuck, okay? They are fatties. They love to eat, eat, eat. Astrology for Alexis. My name is Alexis Massarella. This show is brought to you by Distraction Magazine with a new episode every two weeks. In the last episode, I explained Aries season and Aries placements, but in this week's episode, we will be discussing the aspects of astrology you might not know about. We will be reviewing the nitty gritty of the chart, so this episode is only for the most avid wannabe astrologers. To understand a natal chart, you must consider the angles, the quadrants, and the aspects and patterns. Of course, the sun, the moon, the inner planets, and the outer planets are just as important, but if you need a refresher on those, you can re-listen to the first episode of this podcast, Explaining the Planets. Before we get into it, I want everyone to pull up their full natal chart. And this is not the chart that you get logging on a co-star and just gives you, you know, your planets, your signs, and your houses. I want you guys to get your full natal chart, the kind where it looks like a circle and you can see all these little symbols in it. It looks like a completely different language, but I'm going to teach you guys the very basics of it so that you can have a deeper understanding to your chart. One of the websites I recommend is from Astrolab. And you can find it on alabe.com slash freechart slash default dot ASP. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right, I'm going to give everyone a moment to pull it up. All right, cue the Jeopardy music. All right, just pause the damn fucking episode and just get it all pulled up. And when you're ready, press play. All right, you're ready? Let's start with the angles. Now, many people have heard of the sun, moon, and rising signs. The rising sign, however, is only one of four angles that form a cross inside the circle of your chart. All four angles are necessary to define the canvas of your chart that the planets and luminaries then decorate. The ascendant is a point calculated based on the time of day the person was born in relation to that day's sunrise. The rising sign is the sign in which the ascendant falls. It is necessary to look at a chart made with an accurate time of birth to know this, and it is also necessary to know the city in which the person was born because the sun rises at different times in different cities. Now the rising sign again is your social personality. It is how you dawn on people as it relates to the zodiac that was on the eastern horizon when you were born. Your rising sign represents your physical body in outward style. If a person was born exactly at sunrise, the sun would be conjunct the ascendant, and the rising sign would be the same sign as the sun sign. This makes the traits of that sign extra influential. So if you're a double Scorpio or a double Leo, that means you are very much that sign. And also, if you're both of those combinations, stay the fuck away from me. Someone born exactly at sunset would have the sun exactly opposite the rising sign or conjunct the descendant. And this is called sun conjunct descendant or sun setting. This aspect more than any other signifies close one-to-one -one relationships. You actually need a companion to make you feel complete. You are still very much your own unique person, but you are simply more comfortable when you are with someone else. Someone born at noon would have the sun at the top of the chart conjunct the midheaven, and someone born at midnight would have the sun at the bottom of the chart. Now, the sun conjunct midheaven in the natal chart is also called sun culminating. It makes you very goal-oriented. Success in your career is one of your most important needs. You express your identity through your achievements, so you work hard to make your mark. 
You should enjoy a good social standing and be socially popular. In an astrology chart, the ascendant is often abbreviated AC. It's opposite exactly across the circle of the chart, the descendant is abbreviated DC. A good way to remember the ascendant is that it represents the self you present to the world. It's opposite, the descendant therefore represents the others you draw into your life. The other axis in your chart runs between the two other angles, the midheaven, abbreviated MC for the Latin term medium celli, and its opposite, which is the Immumcelli, abbreviated IC. The midheaven represents the outer parts of your life, like a career you might be publicly known for. Its opposite therefore represents the most inner parts of your life, like your home and family. Knowing the signs of the angles can give broad clues about different areas of a person's life. For instance, someone with an MC in cancer might have a career in one of the nurturing fields like healthcare or food service. The opposite of cancer is Capricorn. So the same person would have the IC in Capricorn, which might mean an austere home life. A planet or luminary very close to an angle in the chart is significant to look at as well, as it adds emphasis to that part of the person's life. Let's move on to the quadrants. Now, the circle of the chart is then divided into four quadrants by the intersection of the ACDC and the MCIC axes. These four quadrants in turn are each divided into three houses for a total of 12 houses in the chart. Each of these 12 houses is then given symbolic associations with different parts of life, which can become very detailed and specific. You can check out episode three of this podcast explaining the houses if you'd like to learn more. The quadrants basically mean what they look like they mean in the diagram. If someone has all the planets on the left side of their chart closer to the self-oriented ascendant than the other oriented descendant, they might be self-centered, which my chart is very guilty of. She's an icon, she's a legend, and she is the moment. If someone's chart is really heavy on the right side with more activity near the descendant, they might be so dominated by others' opinions that they need to take a survey to decide what color socks to wear. If someone's chart is heavier on the bottom half, they might be a very private person. With the weight on the right side of the bottom half, maybe they are so focused on the goings-on of their immediate family that they are not interested in the larger world. With the weight on the left side of the bottom half, they know who they are even if no one else does. Now let's move on to the aspects and patterns. Aspects are connections between points in a chart. In most astrology software, the hard or challenging aspects are indicated with red lines on the chart, and the harmonious aspects are indicated with the blue lines, which you can see on the chart if you use the Astrolab software I recommended. Aspects are essential when it comes to interpreting astrology, as they can totally change the influence and meaning of a planetary placement. So instead of just interpreting a single planet's meaning in a certain sign, we have to consider how they blend with the other planet's energies. Are two compatible planets cozying up to one another in a harmonious conjunction? Or are they frustrating each other in a harsh feeling square? For example, even though Venus is the planet of love and generally associated with positive qualities, if it's in difficult aspect with another planet, like Saturn for example, it could cause some upset in our love lives instead of bestowing us with its pure Venusian goodness. The hard aspects are the angles that bring about more difficulty and struggle. Those are opposition and square. The harmonious aspects, sometimes known as soft aspects, are sextile and trine, and they're considered to be gentler and more positive and auspicious. 
A conjunction isn't generally aligned with either category, considering the strong potential for it to go in either direction depending on the planets involved. But remember, it all depends on the planets involved. You can certainly have a helpful square or a not so helpful trine. Each planetary meetup will look a little bit different. While there are many different aspects that the planets can find themselves in at any given time, not to mention so many more factors to consider with each aspect that could ever fit in a single podcast episode. These five biggies are a really good place to start. So conjunction. A conjunction is when two different planets link up together in the same sign. This hyper-focused aspect, which occurs when two planets are zero degrees apart, blend the qualities of the two or more planets and make their combined energy in the particular sign they are sharing extra intense. If the qualities of the planets involved work well together and get along with each other, it can be a great aspect full of potential for high energy and action. But if the planets don't get along so well or bring heavier, more challenging vibes, then being trapped in a small cosmic space together can cause some discord or amplify the dark feels. I'm semi, I stay automatic. Let's talk more about the hard aspects. Now, opposition. Let's talk oppositions, which you guessed it occur when planets are fully opposite each other on the zodiac wheel, angling at 180 degrees. An opposition occurs when two planets are in opposing signs, meaning they are found in opposite signs of the axis. In an opposition, planets can find themselves butting heads. With the whole zodiac wheel between two opposing planets, they're as far apart in the chart as can be. And because the two types of energy feel so distant and foreign to one another, this aspect can make it difficult for them to come together in harmony. Their wants, needs, and ideas may feel just as polar as their placement. That said, it's not all bad. Opposites attract, remember? So by seeking a balance between the planet's energies and trying to work symbiotically, there's a potential for us to make an opposition run smoothly. You can't get rid of me, bitch! Moving on to the square. Now get ready for a little bit of cosmic drama because just like the shape itself, a square aspect is chock full of hard angles and sharp corners, so caution is advised. A square is an intense aspect, which often dictates action. Contrary to the reputation, squares are not necessarily bad. They just show that work will be involved in producing the favored outcome. Considered one of the decidedly hard aspects at 90 degrees, a square is bound to produce tension between the involved planet's energies. But a little tension can be helpful sometimes. This aspect simply illuminates a stressful situation that can be resolved with compromise and effort. By putting in the work and resisting the urge to be stubborn, the square aspect can be an opportunity to find resolution to an issue, even if it's challenging to do so. She, oh, she passed away? Oh. Now that I roughed you up, let's get a little bit more gentle. Now the harmonious aspects, let's start with the sex style. This aspect is fun, full of good vibes, and undoubtedly positive. A sex style is a friendly and flirty aspect between signs that are 60 degrees apart. Usually they occur between fire and air signs and earth and water signs. With a sextile, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and the situations at hand are happy ones. It's a nice break from the stress that the other transits can bring and can offer us a nice opportunity to chill. The only downside to the sextile aspect is that it's not the most action-oriented, so don't expect it to bring the energy for major shift. The energy of planets forming a sextile is usually easy and compatible, so it doesn't tend to bring much drama to a situation. Bitch, I'm a mother! No drama! Lastly, we have the trine. Trines formed by a 120 degree angle on the chart are generally considered the best and most auspicious aspect of them all, bringing luck, harmony, and potential for positive changes. The simplest way to understand a trine is understanding the elements. 
A trine occurs when planets in the same element, fire, earth, air, and water, aspect each other. When the planets are working within the signs of the same element, they naturally get each other's motives, making their energy easy to work with. Trines are positive aspects that produce a positive outcome. The only issue is that they can be a little lazy in achieving their goals. The easy like Sunday morning good vibes only flow of a trine can sometimes result in our energy being a little too at ease. So the biggest mistake we can make with a trine is simply not taking enough initiative because we're too busy basking in the glow of good vibes. Trines are to be taken advantage of, not slept on. So don't let these auspicious cosmic moments slip through your fingers. It's what she deserves. All right, thank you for joining me for this really nice, more in-depth view of astrology with your one and only lesbian, Alexis. In the next episode, oh my god, we will be entering Taurus season! Yes, bitches, it's my fucking time to fucking shine, and I've been waiting all goddamn year for this bitch. I am so excited to see you next time. I'm going to have the goddess of distraction herself on the podcast as a special guest. Oh my God, this season literally could not get any better. I will see you next time. My ass will be fatter and I will be on cloud fucking nine. See you then. And I hope you learned a little something new about the stars. What's your zodiac sign? Do you think I'm fine? Am I wasting your time? Wait, because you looking divine. Do you want to be mine? No, I see it is fine. Okay. She got me slipping and sliding she whole rush she riding she closing her eyes and she feel just so right. you know i'm a leo i'm worth like two people that makes us a trio ideal all right